This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. It is a doomsday that is foretold in the Mayan calendar. The Chinese oracle of the I Ching. Even an internet-based prophetic software program. 2012. A date that is prophesied as the end of the world. My name is Sean, and I'm sitting here with Brooks and Greg. Prepare to meet your doom. Hi. Your destiny. It has been prophesied. It has been prophesied, and therefore it shall become truth aside. <laughs> oh, that's a good. Is that your line? That's yeah, I just. Uh, I'm going to get that patented. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna reverb that it has been prophesied and therefore it shall become truth aside so tonight we're gonna talk about Mayan prophecy but you know there's really more to it than Again. just that it's not just it's not just a prophecy this is an actual astronomical phenomenon well there are some ties in but there, there's a lot going on. obviously you know if you haven't caught on we're, we're getting on we're gonna talk about the 2012 thing. Again, we haven't We've talked, talked about it before. About I'm telling what you, we have. We talked about the we talked about the end of the world a million times. Because so the, it, it keeps like, ending uh, different. This is an entirely different apocalypse. Yeah, look, <laughs> it's <laughs> our job to cover all the different apocalypses. In case we you haven't, haven't noticed, we, we this haven't is even touched on this apocalypse. And this is an important one because there's a lot of proponents that believe this thing's for real. So, as Watchmen of the Zeitgeist, it's our uh-huh. responsibility to cover this. Speaking of Watchmen. I did see the movie this weekend. Oh, well, don't tell me, because I'm going to see it. Damn it. I've heard The first time reviews, I get to go see a movie, you know, on the weekend that it opens, and nobody, neither one of well, you saw it. It's not my fault you finally started watching movies. <laughs> did you like it? I, I'll ask that, because I have heard bad reviews. I don't. This uh, is why I was afraid not to see it this weekend. I don't want to hear it. I don't, that's what, you get the bad mojo going on about movies, and then you can't even feel good going in. The only reason I didn't go see it this weekend is because I'm going to go see it with my peeps. They weren't in town. I tend to enjoy a movie more when I hear bad reviews first, because then I go in thinking, oh, well, I'll give it a shot. You know, It depends on the kind of movie. When I heard bad things about Friday the 13th, it didn't bother me at all, because I'm like, I didn't really set the bar very high for that one. And you I ended up liking it. to tell you about the movie or not? I not. <laughs> Where's the ambiguity? <laughs> I didn't like it, so there. No! <laughs> you did? No! You do or not, did not shut I didn't me even up. understand what he said. I you didn't did like did it. Not. Oh, you did? I did not okay. like it. No. All right. That's all well, I wanted. All right, then. That's more than I wanted to know. But you also didn't think the Concords were that funny, though, so that doesn't necessarily mean that yeah, you Yeah, that's why like I don't want to know why you didn't like it. You well, you probably will like of... it because it's got a lot of blue schlong in it. Well, that's, well, that is exactly what go. I'm looking for. Thank you. Because people who watch Watchmen like to watch men. <laughs> Blue men. Watch men. Talk, talk about what, your junk exploitation, oh, man. This one had some serious junk exploitation. I like, saw so that was the book was that way. So, 
they're going to have to go get those blue man group dudes because, I mean, where else are they going to find blue guys? The movie's already made. They did it. They did it with computers. Calm down. It well, was I think the least that's, difficult thing think they did in the whole fair. movie. I don't think it's fair to the actual blue men that they, they use a fake blue man when, you know, the real blue men need work. That's when they have action. Yeah, sort of like when P. Jackson shrunk down those real yeah, actors instead, instead of hiring of using midgets. really little people. He uses, uh, yeah, yeah, you get what that's I'm not cool. And Uncool these are dude. all portents of the end times. Well, the end times features in, in that movie. Sort of. Well, it, it's an end of the world sort of kind of movie, the way they do it. Well, do you want to talk about some things before we get into the 2012? Is that what I'm getting at? I'm sure. I'm I was going to sure talk Greg about watching, but if you don't want to talk, if you don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about a movie you haven't seen. <laughs> Tommy used to do that. He's like, "Hey, I saw this the <laughs> other day." He's like, "Well, don't tell me about. It. I'm going to see it." Yeah. Okay. Well, there's this really funny part. Where, like, <laughs> yeah. What? Shut up, because your delivery's not even solid. You're you're giving away the joke, and you're not even telling it right. What happens to me is the opposite. I always have that situation happen where. Someone will tell me, man, I heard this horrible thing about a puppy today. And I'll be like, oh, don't tell me. I really don't want to know. It's like, oh, what happened was like, no, I'm serious. I don't want to know. It'll, it'll haunt my dreams. Do you not understand that? I will stay awake at night upset about it. There's, there's no doubt. There is no doubt. Okay. Well, go see the movie so we can talk about it I'm next week. I'm going to. By by next show, we will I'm not be able feeling to talk well. And I got, you know, I almost stuck down on you guys, but I wanted to talk about this movie. I figured you guys would go see it. Well, under normal circumstances, I would have. I've been waiting for this movie. I'm but having a hard time finding the time. I have not. My parents came over Sunday, and that kind of spoiled my weekend because I had to spend most of the weekend cleaning. And then next weekend, we have a show on Saturday. So I don't know. Maybe Sunday, next Sunday, I can go. So I, de- I do want to see it, despite what What's I've heard. What's the show? So, huh? So nobody's coming to see me next weekend, then. I see. Well, I didn't get your RSVPs, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're all just pissed off. I like each other, how we just we? all assume. But what's funny is I assumed you guys weren't coming. <laughs> and apparently you assumed that I would assume it to the point where you didn't even say no. It didn't even decline. Oh, I'm sorry. I must I must respectfully decline your invitation. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm not sure at this point it's considered respectful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there anything to talk then, about besides Watchmen? <laughs> <laughs> Man, dang it. You guys suck. Oh, cause I, All right. I can, I can wait. Let me open up a small topic that's related to this that I that I I've run into this before, but I, this it came out more while I was doing this research. What's going on? You guys watch the History Channel. What's going on with this BCE and CE stuff? Where did this happen? When did well, the meeting happen? You know, I thought that when I went Where to BC see the and King AD Tut were exhibit, retired. Yeah, what happened? And everything was in BCE. I guess I understand why they say that because other cultures like China and other cultures that are significant cultures don't have the same, you know, before Christ reference that we have. And it probably seems kind of silly to them to use a, a dating system that would be like us using a dating system that, that is related to, you know, one the of the Mayan religions. civilization. Yeah. But we don't use a dating system based on the Mayan civilization. We just base all our pop culture on it. That's not good enough for you, Mike. Well, I don't know anything about this. What? What is it? This now? is now instead of AD and BC, it's like before. Is it common or I thought it was current? Common era. 
I think is what it stands for. Mm, okay, well, see, we don't even know, at least I knew what they stood for before, and they were in Latin, one of them was. <laughs> so, I don't even, we don't even know what, I thought it was before current era. But th- here's the thing, it's a semantic argument only, because we're still saying that the, the current era, or the common era, or whatever, began when Christ was born. Well, That's it's, what I was right? about to say, it's not a different so, numbering system. So, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So, if you really wanted to make everybody up. happy, why don't you start the numbers over, too? Don't, don't half-ass it. Well, I think that would just blow everyone's mind. It's obviously a political correctness kind of move. But it doesn't yeah, it's like taking me. "In God We Trust" off a quarter. You know, I I respect if you don't want it to say "God We Trust," but do we really have to remint the things because you're a weirdo who doesn't have better things to do? I'm all about agnosticism, but not when it becomes as dogmatic as religious fundamentalism. I think it's just in a way to try to envelop all the different archaeological, uh, you know, systems in the world because there's a lot of stuff going on in in the Middle East and in China and stuff and. Not everyone is European that's doing these things. So I I, we're I mean, asking I that it. we already – I guess it, it just depends on how you look at it. Well, it's 2,000 like, years. Isn't it too late? 2,000 years of, you know, well, to, B.C. Us, and A.D. They, they probably say it's 2,000 years for um, – since we had uh, this other system. We don't even use the metric system here in America, so we're not ones to talk. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, let's not commit a little if we're going to go for this. That's like the guy who decided to lead a campaign against Pluto being a planet. Like, okay, we get it. It's not. But do you really need to lead a fiery campaign against Pluto? Well, I do think it's funny how, how big, planet big a mess because, that's turned into. You know, science is so science is so slow to accept anything valid, but they're quick to grab onto a semantic argument. Like, well, oh, because, yeah, we'll, we'll change the names of things is. like it's nothing at all. I mean, names of things is what science is, though, to a large degree. You know, I mean, that that's how you organize your facts. Yeah, but if you don't change the facts, but you change what you call them, then you're not organizing the facts at all. You're just well, you're, moving the names around. You're just relabeling okay. the same jars, not clarifying anything. I, 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 I don't have a problem with it personally, but I don't know. I don't like things that don't seem founded in in a in an intellectual principle. I, I get the the sensibility that they're they're going for, but it doesn't seem to be founded in the way we refer to things. I have an, uh, a what were we calling it when we revisit something, and and I guess just revisit a second look, second look, yeah. But it's only about something that we talked about like last week. I was watching more of these uh, heroes, and it's starting to grow on me again. It's starting well, to, this season seems better than that second season was just awful. Just awful. But there were a lot of things working against it. And the and third one started off with a whole bunch of like, what? <laughs> what? But it is still entertaining. I'll have to give it that. Despite its, you know, horrendous number of, of inconsistencies and, and just moments where you go, wait a minute, what? I still do enjoy it. I can't help it. So I've been well. I've I guess been that's the again. bottom line. I guess yeah. you know if it's if it was well written but not fun to watch, it should be a waste of everyone's time. So I do want to apologize for for kind of making fun of it before. Well, I'm and, glad and, to hear I'm, the last episode that that I just, that we just aired. It will not be the last before this one, probably. But was so negative. I was just the the I'm just saying episode. <laughs> it's just just an just. An irredeemable rant of three people. <laughs> well, some people so, like it when we do that. I, I don't well, know I'm why. I'm not saying I don't like it, but I do like the balance. I like, you know, 
and that that that's our cycle. See, we keep talking about the Mayans. The, that was a very cyclical thing. We have cycles as well. We and we're coming back around to uh, to our our harmonic convergence of positive yes. energies, our galactic alignment, which Literally is actually what you were talking alignment. about yeah. the astronomical element. There, that's the big thing in the the 2012 thing is the galactic alignment. Where, and that's what I find interesting about it. I mean, the Mayan part of it is interesting, and it's fascinating that they would even know about all this. That that blows your mind just thinking. They were about apparently that. genius astronomers, as far right. as, as, as I mean, because the well, whole, let's clue in because like Greg doesn't maybe not know, and I'm sure our audience that might not know what we're talking about. What are we talking about? Let's, well, we're talking about the, the prophecy of 2012. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've read about all this stuff, and so is everybody else. Well, not everyone knows this, man. Sean admits that he didn't know this before just the I, other day. I didn't know any of the, the details of this 2012 thing until like Saturday, and today is Monday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but apparently, yeah, they their calendar. Is broken down. I guess their 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 big thing was like uh, Bakhtuns. Yeah, their four hundred years in their calendar is a Bakhtun, and then yeah, their, their calendar the, I I think is built on twenty year increments versus ten years like we tend to do. Yeah, they well, their whole numerical system. They have breakdowns of two hundred, four hundred things like that. Vigesimal, I think, is what they call it where it's based on increments of 20. And it's funny, the way they count, it's sort of like, it looks more like a computer IP address. If you ever see how it's like several numbers. It really broke, does. Four numbers it doesn't make a up. bit of sense. <laughs> There's like, five. Well, here, the here's the one, thing. One, one, dot two, nine, nine, one, nine. Well, because it's, it's like, broken down in increments that lead up to like uh, the, the 400 years. Let's see, the, the last digit is increments of one day. And then the next to last is increment of 20 days. They don't have weeks, but that's like their equivalent of a month. Then the next digit is 360 days, which is their their equivalent of a year. And then the next one is 7,200 days, which is 20 of their years. And then the final one is 144,000 days, which is 400 of their years. That's what these are all counted up to. Like, and those are Bakhtuns, the the 400-year increments. And another thing that's interesting about their calendar, I think, is that it's not <clears throat> it's not repetitive like ours is, and that they don't have May, December, because blah, they blah, have blah. this amazing numerical coordinate system for for yeah, it's very, denoting dates. Very precise. Because these, you, you're taking about thirteen of these Bakhtuns makes up one sun. They have an increment of time that that is like you know thirteen increments of four hundred years. And that's what the big thing about the calendar is: is we're counting down to the end of the thirteenth Bakhtun of this cycle. That they even thought that that would be useful to have the calendars that literally span thousands of years in their ancient society. They they thought, well, we're going to need to know what happens thousands of years ago and thousands of years from now. I thought it was really, it's really fascinating. <laughs> well, it was their religion. <laughs> they they believed that studying the heavens, that the information they gained were, was literally a gift from the gods. So anything that they took, you know, when they made these calendars, they thought of that as divine. Which is, you know, and interesting they, too. So they came up with calendars that won them for 5,000 years. A lot of people think that they think that because they were given these calendars by heavenly beings, so to speak. Which annoys me. It takes, it takes aliens to teach the Mayans math. I mean, it's interesting, well, but it's all you earthly. You have to admit, that, this is some advanced stuff, though, for people that didn't have telescopes. Well, I'll tell you, the, 
that they could actually predict they procession, which is procession is the big thing that this whole galactic alignment is about because basically the earth isn't fixed on its axis. It, it wobbles on it. And so we lose in it from our normal axis. We, we lose about a degree every 72 years. And so that's what this galactic alignment, it really is. It's not, we're not aligning with anything really, but our, I, our, perspective is going to shift to the point where it'll appear different to us. That's what the galactic alignment is. That's why it's kind of a misnomer because we're not really aligning with anything. Everything else in the universe is remaining the same more or less, or at least it's well, moving in the way it always understanding, moves. And we're, you can explain this to me. Tilting. Yeah. From my understanding, it's when we say we are, we're talking about basically our solar system I'm talking about Earth, and in its relation. Well, also our entire solar system, in its relation to the Milky Way galaxy, we are askew from the Milky Way galaxy ever so slightly, but we've been moving towards the equilibrium, the equator of the Milky Way very slowly over thousands of years. And in 2012, we will actually cross the equator and be aligned. Our sun will be aligned with the center of the Milky Way. What I'm hearing is that is, I'm hearing that's actually a misnomer also. Well, I just read that on an astronomy site today, so I don't know. But apparently, ideas. that's never happened. Like in our in written history, that that has never happened. Well, one of the interesting things, so no one I knows guess, what effects that will have on our sun. And the sun like, is actually so going to people. eclipse the center of the galaxy, the center of the Milky Way. Well, not eclipse. Why would it? But you know what I mean? It's it's going to line up with the center. Like we 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 are at an angle different than they are, I guess. But we've been our angle's been changing ever so slightly and at that point we will be in a straight line altogether. so what does it mean the, line up because it looks to me like you could i mean there's always an angle from which you would be aligned with the center of the galaxy yeah think. and that's that's well, what i'm hearing to too is that it's going to be more apparent than it is real like because of the way that we're tilting on our axis it'll actually appear like we're lining up more than we really are we're but we'll from our perspective, we'll look lined up because we'll actually, we'll be in a different position. Because not only does the Earth move and not only does the Earth spin, but the Earth actually does tilt on the axis too. So we see things differently in relation to our orbits with other things. Those other things also move, but they don't necessarily tilt like we do. So the whole rest of the galaxy as we know it will be moving the way it always moves. But we will be in a, a different position where it'll appear like more is really happening than than possibly really is is what is what I'm reading since Saturday. Well, let me let me explain what I, my understanding was, and then we can try to figure out the in between. I mean, just from a purely astronomical point of view, nothing to do with with prophecy or any of that. Uh, you know how our sun is the center of our universe, right? No, our, our solar system, yes. and all of the planets that revolve around our sun do so on a fairly even plane. Like we, they don't revolve around in all different directions. They all revolve around in basically one, like like Saturn's rings. And that's because that's where the gravity of the sun is the strongest in that plane. And all the planets themselves actually exert gravity on the sun too, which alters the sun's orbit just ever so slightly. Because uh, like the Earth does, the center of gravity between the Earth and the sun is somewhere in the middle of the sun because we're so small. But Jupiter's center of gravity, because it's like 300 times bigger than Earth, the center of gravity 
between Jupiter and the sun is just outside of the sun because the sun is affected by Jupiter's size ever so slightly. And it makes the sun appear to wobble if you watch it. And that's one of the ways that they, they try to detect planets now, like large planets. They say if you can see the planet wobbling in your bubble or whatever, then it must have a large object like a planet tugging on it ever so slightly. Like, now, like what Nibiru? The, the Milky Way, yes, Milky Way is the same way in that there is a center to the Milky Way and all the little solar systems, the galaxies, are spinning. Our, I guess the Milky Way is a galaxy, but all the solar systems yes, in the Milky is. Way are kind of spinning around it on a relatively even plane. Our solar system is not lined up with all the others for whatever reason, but we're we're being pulled towards that even plane. And in 2012, we will actually line up with that plane for the first time. And they and the the question will be will because like I said that's the strongest point of gravity. Will the gravity of all the other systems in the Milky Way being lined up just right tug upon our sun in a way that makes it wobble more or in a different way than than it usually does? causing solar flares and stuff like that. Well, there may be something going on there. on that same day, December 21st, 2012, which is the day the, the, the Mayans predicted, Jupiter and Saturn, the two largest planets in our system, will be at opposite ends from each other on the and the, across the sun. Like Jupiter will be on one side of the sun and Saturn will be on the, the direct opposite side. Which apparently is all is also a recipe for bad solar solar storms and solar winds. So well, this has been building for a while. Speaking, this, they call this like a perfect storm. Well, this yeah. solar thing has I mean, been going on coming. for like the last forty years. The people who uh, astronomers observing the sun have have said that there's a lot of unstable activity, way, way more so, like and the most since the well, that's the, the ice age ended. Like this building yeah, well, storms and the, solar flares. I, that's apparently that is the result of this Milky Way business. Now the Jupiter and Saturn thing, like a Jupiter, this is a new theory I was just reading about today that that's people are astronomers are still talking about. But Jupiter's year is eleven years. It takes eleven years to go around the sun, and every eleven years, until recently thought coincidental, was when the sun experiences a, a series of solar uprisings or whatever solar storms start picking up and now they're starting to wonder if it's jupiter's effect on the sun that causes this to happen and we're going to find out i guess because uh 2001 was the last one and 2012 will be the next one when jupiter is lined up but other than just being jupiter lined up we're also going to have the the milky way situation happening so it'll be like a the the strongest influence that the galaxy the universe has had on our sun since humanity's been around. And then comes Nibiru, the doom planet, and that's that. <laughs> Goes, and there you Goes are the Gozerian. <laughs> no doubt. So, Nibiru is Sumerian, actually. <laughs> <laughs> weird. Now, if you want to talk doomsday, there's lots of things that could happen. I mean, not even, we still haven't even touched all the Mayan stuff or all the other prophecies, well, but the, there's lots the of bad things that could happen. Well, the Mayans didn't prophesy that the world up. would end. This is something that's being attributed no. to the Mayans because their calendar ended. And so we're we're using that. I was watching the special about Nostradamus's 2012 stuff, and uh, no, he says nothing about 2012. 
it's just that's the next big doomsday, and people Nostradamus are applying their brand name anything. to it. I swear, I don't want to be mean, but how many times have Nostradamus talked about this? Where and this this quatrain here that says nothing about anything? Yeah, exactly. And they're always using. I remember Nostradamus talking about World War Three. You know, he'd said there'd be a nuclear war, all this stuff. Like every time there's something weird going on in the zeitgeist, people attribute it to Nostradamus, and then when it doesn't happen, they all just keep their mouths shut. <laughs> like, wait a second, I thought I thought Nostradamus cracked this. Like, no, no, he was talking about global warming. It's like, oh, that's yeah, lame. that's misinterpreted. Yeah, if you write something vague enough, it can mean anything, and that's that's the beauty of what he does, I guess. Well, I guess that's, that's the beauty the of what this is. I mean, it just you know. Oh, this isn't vague at all, though. The, the, well, I, these think prophecies the conne- are very I think specific. the connections are vague when you start weighing them. There's a lot of stuff. Now, this thing, you know, the the, the, the yep. astronomical element of this is very interesting. But the the Mayans created a calendar that sort of that that went followed the movements of the heavens. You know, the fact that their calendar coincides with with something astronomical makes perfect sense. It's not necessarily foretelling of a disaster but that that no. their 13th baktun which is like the big deal 13 is a sacred number for them ends at a big some you know big something astronomically well that's just that's just their style man maybe that's why they carried it out <laughs> like five thousand years because that was that was the big finish not of the <laughs> earth but that was you know as far as calendar making is concerned, guys, I'm not going to lie. It's not going to get better than this. Yeah, we're not going to find an awesome date than we, this. We close What's out the fascinating about all that? On a I mean, alignment. there's this. I was reading about this today too, and there's a lot of missing, you know, a lot of uh, controversy, I guess you would say, over the interpretations of of a lot of these different symbols and things on the Mayan calendars. Like, not everyone agrees with that they mean this, that, or the other when they say when they say something. Uh, so some people think that that we've misinterpreted the date altogether and stuff like that. So I mean, not everyone agrees, but but what's fascinating is that if this is a truly like on that day the universe will align for the first time in history, that they were able to tell that at all. That that blows my mind. Well, they were awesome. The, the fact that they that they could notice what precession is the fact that they could see a drop of a degree, you know, and what they're noticing, the fact that they could, you know, that, that they could see subtle nuances and, and extrapolate that. But they knew mathematically more about the, the workings of the universe back then than a lot of people do now. That, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, no, no doubt attributing that to alien influence pisses me off because first of all, it's just like with the, with the pyramids and Stonehenge, it's like how, who has less to do in the universe than aliens that they keep coming to show us how to stack rocks and make calendars? I'll be back in five thousand years. This was awesome. Thanks. Like, well, there are other like there's from nothing my understanding, else. There are other references on. to otherworldly beings in Mayan and and all all kinds of South American religions that do sound alien like. I mean, they're not just. Well, yeah, the the snake people thing I mean, is is probably is big and everything. Even the Nibiru thing, the the Sumerians, you know, when they they're when they named Nibiru the Doom Planet or whatever, like they they were whatever they were taken over by some race called the Anunnaki, and they were lizard people. And the lizard people apparently created humans as a slave race. And they were from the planet Nibiru, and Nibiru is on this ridiculous elliptical orbit in our solar system where 
and and I I don't even remember the cycle, but it only comes into contact with the other planets every thousands of years. And whenever it does, it just kind of we're coming up on that. Yeah, too, well, right? that's exactly <laughs> right. That's what they're saying. Nibiru is coming back, and every time it does, it just kind of smashes through some other planet, and goes on about its business. <laughs> it's like Galactus. <laughs> like, yeah. Here it's it comes. Like it's gonna the eat bowling us. ball of the universe. There was some other planet <laughs> called Tiamat or something. It, it smashed, and then it, it crashed into the earth and made the moon or some crap and the remnants are an asteroid belt. They're like there's this whole like mythology built around a vague understanding of astronomy. But, the, and that's all, a lot of that comes from like this old relief, the, this Sumerian relief that depicted a bunch of planets and the total was 12 because they thought the sun and the moon were also planets and that left leaves ten others, and they were saying the tenth planet is like Nibiru. But then skeptics argue that you know guys who don't know the difference between the moon and a planet probably shouldn't be trusted to be telling us anything about astronomy, especially a civilization that didn't even have telescopes. But I have heard that there there are theories that there are additional planets that we haven't found well, yet no doubt. because of their in, extreme or, orbital. Differences from ours. Well, apparently, in looking for uh, this weird ellipse kind of orbit planet, is how they discovered Pluto in the first place. Yeah. So the the theory is sound. That's not. That's yeah. not and it could happen. That is in, improbable. Well, they've yeah. actually already found you know objects that are larger than Pluto out there. That's kind of what brought back the argument of whether or not Pluto is a planet. Why can't they be planets too? Nobody's leaving anybody out. Well, because they're what's the license on planets? Planetoids or something. That's know. a whole different R argument about what what the definition of a planet is. That's again goes back to what you're saying before about semantics. But it is. It's like you know. It's sort of like how the brontosaurus doesn't exist. It's like I'm tired of everything I learned in elementary school not being real. Maybe that's all. Brontosaurus it comes down doesn't to. exist. What is that? I haven't heard. No, that. it's, it's like the apatosaurus. Now this is many years going on. The brontosaurus had the wrong skull. They they put the wrong skull in the wrong body. So what they were calling oh, a brontosaurus really? wasn't a real thing at all. And the real one was called an apatosaurus. And well, I did not know that. I learned something new every time I listen to this <laughs> educational show. You kind of have to laugh when you think about that. You know, it's like. Well, they could <laughs> well, I'm glad we're fixing our mistakes. You know, yeah, I'm glad I, that we're. Me too, but yeah, you couldn't still you couldn't just say we put the wrong head on the brontosaurus. You had to rename it. That's just some jerk who discovers the mistake, and he's like, "Well, I made the mistake." It's like, "Well, you're the boss." Well, Mr. I guess Apato. they're just trying to eliminate any confusion between if you find like an old book and you see a picture of a brontosaurus in it that doesn't look like what you what a brontosaurus That's less is. You know what I'm saying? Than me looking at a book of a dinosaur that doesn't even actually exist at all. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. know, man. It's not me. I don't know, man. I mean, this reptilian thing is awesome, though. If you just, I, I bet if you just you oh, did yeah. a YouTube search for reptilian research, man, I found like some weird little videos and stuff. There's like a video on the so, history of re according the to, reptilian satanic yeah, they're, church. There are different <laughs> races, species, I guess would be a better word. There are different species of alien. There are different alien races in the, in the zeitgeist of of the counterculture, you know, in the, in the new agey world, the grays are the ones you see the most on TV and stuff. They're the guys with the big eyes and the pale skin, but reptilians are an evil supposedly, or at least a not, not very beneficial to humans. Anunnaki. Not very, uh, benevolent. 
that was sort of the and, Quetzalcoatl. Uh, they, they pop up a lot. The Quetzalcoatl story. Now Quetzalcoatl was okay, but but he was he kind of you know was a renegade from his people. You know when he left, he sort of he sort of kind of said, you know, you ever see any more lizard men around here? You better get out of here. You ever <laughs> see anybody come in a ship like mine? <laughs> Don't come out and say hey. And I guess supposedly uh, the Mayans also predicted supposedly the day that uh, Europeans would come. Is that well, true? Well, there's that? a th- thinking that they knew it enough to hide their teachings because when the Europeans came, this is why I, I wonder when you say, well, the calendar ends. Like, Well, that particular calendar ends, but there could have been more. When the Europeans came, they, they, they wrecked everything Mayan they could get their hands on, you know, most of the codices, most of the history. You know, I'll tell you but while I'm while I'm saying this stuff like conquistadors, like I know what I'm talking about. The, there's a book that I got. There are many books on 2012. I had to pick carefully, oh, yeah. but there's a this one that um, I got. It's called Apocalypse 2012, and the guy that writes it's a little cheeky about it, you know. And he covers an overview as a skeptic, and but he goes in and a lot of the stuff he goes into is the stuff that makes you really hmm, that's that's interesting. I did not know that, but he's not one of the wackos. He's just like covering the interesting ideas, and so if you're interested in a book on that, I would I would get it. It's by a guy named Lawrence Joseph, and I have now, been enjoying it. I only picked it up Saturday, so I have not had a chance to finish it before this show. But I've been doing my best to pull as much information as I could. <clears throat> but I would. Pick so it up. the Mayans, they didn't think necessarily that this was the end of the world. But they did believe that we were living in a that that the Earth goes in cycles, that humanity goes in cycles. They call them ages, right? Mm-hmm. And we're living Sons. in, I guess, what is called the fourth age of man, and that this age comes to an end, December twenty first, two thousand twelve. Yeah, which doesn't necessarily so, mean the world or civilization ends. It could be a good thing. No, it's what they said. This age of, of history will, will come to an end, and I guess the fifth age will begin. Now, you could interpret that, depending on your personality type, I guess, to mean that history will come to an end, and we're going to start from scratch the way Atlantis went down, and we had to start over, supposedly. Maybe a doom planet or you full could of snake people could it's smash just, into the earth. You could think that it just means, you know, Windows will finally release something that works. <laughs> that, w- that will be the end. That'll be the end of, of this current age. Oh, so Lord. I think we lost Greg, but you know, Greg, hello. If it didn't make that oh sound, my God. Out, you know it, it. It's it started. It's starting. It's begun. Apparently, it's like a what is it like a forty year kind of like you were saying a forty year <clears throat> solar cycle or something that in essence begins in two thousand and seven. So it began two years ago. Which. The, well, no, this has been going on for 40 years up till now, the, this weird activity of the sun, and it's getting worse. And and one thing that Joseph mentions that uh, we haven't talked about yet is apparently the the solar system, the entire solar system is moving into this, this sort of interstellar storm that's full of all kinds of unstable energy. So besides Which the I fact guess that the sun is, that is Milky going Way wonky. equilibrium thing that we're the the galaxy, our solar system is moving. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. Yeah, an interstellar so, energy cloud, and that we're supposed to go through it. Are you there? Hey, I fell Yet? off. No. How about now? Jesus. 
A. Okay. Sorry well, about that. Well, anyway, uh, but that's what they're talking about is that the, the solar system is entering an interstellar cloud and that could cause problems sometime between 2010 and 2020, which could fall into the 2012. So there's, it, what's neat about this date is just that, and, I, and this may be one of those situations where if you took any random date, you could find all kinds of interesting correlations. Like we did that once with the 47. Remember that number? Mm-hmm. For the Star Trek thing, and I started looking up things that happened in 1947, and who's 47 years old, and all this kind of crap, and there's just tons of weird coincidences. But this one in particular does seem to have a large number of very interesting coincidences of things that are going to all happen basically at the same time. They're not all coincidences. An interesting side note about the 47 thing, uh, and I know this is totally unrelated to what we're talking about, but the uh, uh, but Brandon Braga, who wrote a lot of the Star Trek episodes, uh, uh, said that he purposely put 47 in a lot of the, a lot of the scripts. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. that but but he, I guess it got to start somewhere, and then the rumor started that people were looking for it, so then they just started having fun with it and putting it wherever they yeah, could. Yeah, he, he said that in the in the special features of the, uh, well, like in the commentary track of one of the episodes of Enterprise. But go ahead. End of the world, 2012. Get back to you. And by the way, nothing is unrelated, Greg. That's what we're learning. (laughs) There's no such thing as coincidence. That's what cracks me up in the special, especially the one I was watching about Nostradamus, where they're 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 throwing out like less less compelling stuff than what we've already talked about. Like the the whole Nostradamus thing is some book they found that had like seven drawings in it and had his name on it. And they have taken from these drawings like these elaborate prophecies that involve the galactic alignment, that involve 2012, that involve all this like, could it be that Nostradamus was linking this to that? And they're like, these can't – coincidences like this don't just happen. It's like, but what you said doesn't even make sense. Like that doesn't your, – yeah. your original point wasn't even close to being proven. And now you've linked it to something else like that, that's equally invalid and you're using them to support each other. This is too close, too much. And by definition, coincidences are things that just happen. That's what it means. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's critical thinking, you know, the correlation and causation. Two things can happen at the same time. They don't necessarily have anything to do with each other. I mean, that's like the very – that's the foundation of logic. That is the beginning of reason right there is understanding that, understanding the concept of a false syllogism that when two things happen. That's, that's post hoc ergo propter hoc. The, just because one thing happened after Are another you one. Yeah. Speaking dead languages. I don't listen to hip hop. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's that from? That's from the South Park movie. Oh. <laughs> but it, it means because it happened after the thing, then it must have happened because of it. It's a, it's a logical fallacy. It's actually the opposite is true. But it's just it's the the kind of argument that you can fall prey to if you're not considering your facts carefully. One thing can happen after another, or at the same time as another, and they don't have to have anything to do with each other, because things are happening all the time. It's just what we choose to pay attention to. I was actually reading an article on Discover about how the mind works, and it was a whole big thing about the extended mind and how people were saying like devices and text messaging and all that stuff that we think is making us dumber. The internet isn't because it's giving us an extra resource for information 
rather than our mind having to store all of our information, our extended mind understands how to interact yeah. with external our things. Mind. Well, see, yeah. Well, I, I agree with that and I don't agree with it, but I, I think because Science I still think you should train. Science number 212. Well, you should train your mind to to be able to keep hold of facts. But at the same time, you know, my phone has all my phone numbers in it, and I don't have them memorized. So that's yeah, my that's extended true. mind. But I know how to use the phone, that's so I'm utilizing something externally for more benefit. So that is – that's helping me intellectually, just like I know how to look things up on the internet. So I don't have to have all that information stored in well, my that's brain. That's true. It's, it, it frees us up to not have to think about minutiae. Yeah, and I do agree phone with numbers that. And the grand scheme of things really aren't important. I'm just afraid that the that what I see happening is people who only know how to use those external resources and they don't use their brain. They don't have any internal capacity there. But anyway, before we that's a whole different thing. I didn't mean to go off on that. But what I thought was interesting is they were saying that people tend to think that the brain is, you know, a steel trap. And that we take in all this information as we go around and we're taking in our environment, like detail for detail, and we don't need these external sources. But actually, in studies have shown that while we're going through life, and, and you understand this more than anybody, Brooks, you never remember anything. But <laughs> while you're going through life, we only take in the basic things that we need to do what we're doing at that moment. We're not taking in every detail of our environment, you know, and depending on what's going on, you're taking in very little of what's happening around you. So your brain by itself is not internalizing a huge amount of data that you can use. And, then, and they did a study where they actually got a bunch of people together to, and they played for them a videotape of a basketball game. And they told him, keep track of how many times the ball changes hands. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. And that's the one where the guy in the gorilla suit goes through the court. Yeah, just walks yeah. right through it. And no, and most of the people didn't even notice watching the video. Have you? Did you Did you see it? I only read about it. I didn't actually see the video. Oh. I, I saw it, see, but I don't remember video if I saw the guy in the gorilla suit or not. I, I think I missed it. I totally it. saw the guy in the gorilla suit. And it blows my mind that anyone wouldn't. <clears throat> I'm not saying that to be good or bad, but it's true. I mean, to me, it's like, you, who didn't see that? And then I watched it with my friends, and like two of them didn't. I'm like, how? I get, you get so wrapped up in watching the ball, the theory goes, That's that you're exactly. not really paying attention. That the way your but, brain works, it's not <clears throat> keeping track of. Because they, were, they did so another obvious. study where people. It's, not, it's right in the middle. I mean, I'd understand if it's in the periphery. But to me, if, even if you're watching a ball, if something is walking right through the past the ball, you. How do you not see that? Well, what they were weird. talking about, and uh, I think you mentioned this in a previous episode, actually, where the the natives, when when the European ships were coming, oh yeah, some of them didn't even notice them because it was too much for their, you know, for your brain to process. So they actually con minds convinced them that they didn't see anything, and I think they weren't able to process it, so it just kind of. I guess glossed over it, and you see evidence How of that, that in all kinds of things all the time. How could that be? Well, it's the I same mean, thing as the basketball. Well, I mean, it really is. It's no, the, it's not. Yeah, because I mean, like, like if you saw a, a, a ship out on the water, that's not like you know you're watching something else and then something weird goes through. You're concentrating on something else. I mean, it's, that's not well, like but that. But in theory, it's the same. It's you're taking your for granted how your brain processes information there. Like first, as as you, you visually pick up information, it still has to process when it goes into your brain. And we think that that's immediate. You see something, you see it. But really, your brain has to be able to understand what it's seeing. 
I was talking to a guy about, he was telling me about this thing he had read about a guy who, yeah, so this is real, real corroborated. But there was a guy who was born blind and got his sight back. And he was talking about how difficult it was for him to get around because he didn't know how to, to, to process these visual images, like his depth perception never developed. He never knew exactly what he was looking at. He was never able to quantify for himself what he was seeing exactly because he hadn't developed the skill. He didn't, the natural ability to just process visual stimuli into ideas. Just like language would be, to, um, would blow your mind. People who were like, you know, raised by wolves or whatever, or people for, you know, nail or something. You can't take someone like that and teach them language. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, nail. You know, nail, like crazy. <laughs> nail. You know, hillbilly. Hillbilly shut ins. Make up our own language of hippie, dippy, dippy, doo. <laughs> yeah, really. Chicken here's pay, something pay, uh, kind of nonsense. For Greg's question, here's another, uh, an interesting point. You were saying, how could they not see that or whatever? Did you know, and, and it, it makes sense if you think about it, that your own heart is makes you know a considerable amount of sound inside your chest, and really it should be almost deafeningly loud. But because we've always had it there, we've become accustomed to it. We we don't hear it, even though the sound is there. Does that's, it make sense? It's fascinating. Yeah, but I don't buy it. I don't buy <laughs> it. I mean, it's true though. I mean, you can hear your heart if you listen. You probably you might even be able to if you actually really listen for it. But yeah, it, but it, it, you know, it's you not so yourself. loud that it's audible outside your body necessarily, unless you got your ear right to somebody's chest. No, or something. Well, it's inside not, your body. It's not it's inside audible. your body, That's but it's trick. it's pumping through your blood, it, through your veins. You know. Well, I'm sure it inside, yeah, it's making sound, but I mean, you made it sound like it, like you. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. But you, we're just but, accustomed to hearing it, which no, you know, not which deafening can't loud be because outside the body. I'm saying deafening loud to yourself. You should be able to hear your own heartbeats. What I'm saying, you should be able to hear a. You know, I in can your, see my own your, eyeballs. That's true, <laughs> and that's the truth. <laughs> but we don't hear it because because our body tunes it out intentionally, like our sub conscious tunes it out because it would drive us insane if we if we heard that constant for you know our entire lives and it may be so that may be somehow related to how you could see something and, and not register it well you know it's subconscious true doesn't your, allow your it. brain does that all the time your brain filters things out that it doesn't think are important or that it doesn't want to waste resources on otherwise you wouldn't make it through the day there's too much stuff happening you're always so focusing on something <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she just dropped that into everything. <laughs> yeah. So says my wife. Sounds Take like my, my wife, wife. Please. Oh man. <laughs> On a somewhat related note, I was you ever watch that show UFO Hunters? Is that I the uh, Brian Gumble ads for it, yeah. No, this is yeah. this is on History Channel, so you know Brooks doesn't get it anymore. So send us long string of like screw you, Comcast monster hunters what? and all those. Other yeah, kind of it's things. like uh, the ghost hunters, but they're a bunch of UFO crazies, and they're always like chasing after airplanes and stuff. UFO, it's not as interesting as ghost hunters because it's almost always definitely some kind of aircraft, and there's never anything to suggest that it's aliens. Like as we aliens, there's there's no kind of aircraft like this on the planet. Like, so aliens, that's, that's more believable than the aliens, than get, to think that we invented a plane that's shaped like a bowl. I don't like that, and this is unrelated almost, but 
I don't like that they just they they the ghost hunters is a big success. They're like this is a good show. So what do they do? Go out and find like every other conceivable thing like that they can, and then you end up with a bunch of crappy shows that don't deserve to be shows because they're not as entertaining. Yeah, they didn't get there on their own merit. They just got there because they we need another ghost ghost hunters. Oh, that's exactly right. Ghost hunters has personality, like and Monster Quest is fun because they're always going after like you know known myths like they did one on the boggy creek monster they did one on the jersey devil so it's fun to watch them you know go into those and that's why i used to well, like the that show destination True. all of them but you gotta have a you ufo have stuff's right not that fun because you know it's usually just a bunch of whack jobs annoying the government while they're trying to develop secret planes and you know we get a, leave them alone we want those secret planes those secret <laughs> planes defend american lives they had an episode just the other day where they're like, you know, they found a mountain they could climb on where they could actually look at Area 51. And they've got That's like neat. super like 11,000 millimeter digital cameras to film it. I'm like, dude, it's a secret base. My favorite thing is where they open up and they're like, Area 51, the most secret military installation on the planet. Like, uh, <laughs> different. Uh, yeah, that everybody <laughs> knows about. <laughs> I bet the most secret's one you never heard of. I mean, yeah, if they were smart, they'd have moved everything 50 years ago off Area 51. Oh, I'm sure they totally do. have. I bet nothing Anything happens that... on Area 51 but the people that are just going in and out. <laughs> That's the biggest joke in the world. They probably have they ever thought the to try to interview somebody who, who works in Area 51? They did oh, in yeah, that episode, and he was like an engineer, and he worked on planes, for God's sake, back in like the 70s. There's two kind of guys you always get when you do that. They're always the, the guys that say, nothing's there, nothing. Or they get guys that go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, there's aliens all over that place. Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> neither one proves anything, you know, because the alien guy, like, well, he's crazy. The other guy is like, well, he's hiding something. Yeah. You know, no one ever goes. Well, that's the problem. Know, honestly. You know, that's their whole thing. They go ask people and then, you know, they deny it. And they're like, this denial is telling. <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, there's no winning with you. Like, the only way to win is to, to tell you, yes, you're right. And then I still don't win. Well, I tell you, if, what is it you want to hear? If I worked there, whether I worked with aliens or not, I would tell them, yes, I would. Yes, I did work with aliens. Sure, especially if you got fired or <laughs> just, something. There's like fun. a really famous like well, guy just to, who just was, to screw with people and just be, like, oh man, I've seen, but look, you know, I've seen some crazy crap. And there's like, you know, I, I had lunch one time with this green jelly dude, like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> That's where the Valiant <laughs> Thor stories come from. Guy, it was from Venus. His name was Valiant Thor. Are you writing this down? I could be killed for this information, which is why you know it's not true. The military doesn't want me to tell you this. It's like, well, the military is pretty, they're a pretty together organization. If they really didn't want you to tell, there would be ways they could handle that. There was a funny episode of West Wing where they had the, like a UFO uh, researcher there, and uh, he was talking to Sam Seaborn, who was played by uh, Rob Lowe. And, uh, and like Rob Lowe was in, was kept telling, "There's nothing there, really. There's nothing there." And finally, he just, you know, the guy was like, "Oh, you, why do you keep telling me these lies?" And then finally, he just, he just said, "You know, what I could tell you, what I'm about to tell you, could get me in serious trouble." And he, he just kind of, he really didn't even say anything. I kind of forget what he said, but the guy finally came out and said, "Yeah, I get you. I understand." You know, just like this is kind of funny. I can't. I wish I could do it, but it was. Uh, you know, he finally just had to tell this guy or make this guy kind of think that he knew more than what he was letting on to get rid of it. 
these UFO researchers are like that, man. That's I don't mind guys who believe in ghosts and are just poking around people's houses. I don't mind the people that believe in Bigfoot and they're running through the woods with a camera. But I don't like these guys who are like hanging out outside top secret research facilities with high def cameras. What are you hiding? It's like they're they're making airplanes. They're making spy planes. They're making bombers. You know that you said it. They test aircraft there. Of course, you saw something weird, and they're not going to tell you what they're making because we're going to use it against the commies. But I have to say though, I I am more likely to believe like an alien story than a ghost story because even though you know these shows out there have have shown some pretty convincing evidence of of ghosts type of stuff but i mean to, it's scientifically plausible that there are other mm-hmm. forms of life in the no, universe i agree with that so so i mean I, you know it's theoretically possible that you know that we've been visited by other beings from other planets and you know whether or not they pick up the redneck out of the woods and do sexual experiments on him i don't know but you know it does seem like it could at least in the it's in the realm of <laughs> possibility it just it just supports the idea that do we really want to touch base with these guys it's just like for ten thousand years ago we taught them how to carve rocks and now we're just cutting up their cows it's like when are we going to get bored with this planet i don't understand well they're harvesting us for our dna but that's a whole different episode yeah exactly there's something in our ani that is critical <laughs> to their fuel systems now, but to the 2012 thing, I am I am legitimately concerned about the solar storms. But I'm not seeing they, anything they... that definitely says that, that there's going to be a bad thing. Now, I could see the, the weather is getting worse. Global warming is on the rise. And these would seem to, you know, well, these would we seem to corroborate that. The polar shift yet. That's another oh, thing yeah, a lot the of whole think ma- will happen. Yeah, but that's because seriously, everybody who talks about that says that even, it will happen. But it takes place over the course of thousands of years. Like it would happen, but it wouldn't happen in our lifetime. And even when it did happen, it would just be, you know, it it would just be what it is. It would the poles would shift, and then that would be the way of things from then on. Well, apparently, it would affect our even affect the way our bodies work. Like it would actually affect quite a few things. <laughs> You'll be crapping out of it, your mouth. No, but it would. It, it's something to do with the It'd like make the, the water the toilet land go and all in these other direction. things. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, it would. To, it would completely disrupt the ocean, the flow of the ocean, the currents, and things like that, C-H-E which would change our climate dramatically. You guys just aren't taking this very seriously. <laughs> well, because th- what you're talking you about keep is laughing when the pole shifts. I like to see that. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to take that one, but it was set up perfectly. <laughs> but, but you know, too easy. The reason, well, like most geological disasters, of course, it's horrible. But it'll happen over the course of time. It'll happen so slowly, actually, that life on Earth will probably be able to adapt to it as it happens. So it's not that's not a cataclysm on the nature of. That's not of how what, I understood it to happen. That it, I mean, it would happen slowly, but not. I to heard the point there was a big there was change. a big light switch in the center of the Earth, and we would flip it. Oh well, pretty much, yeah. And then <laughs> the chickens would come home and roost. Chickens come home and roost, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's the, I'm not going to have this conversation with you anymore. Brooks is going to bear in mind. Have, you have stopped making sense, son. You know what, though? What does back you up on, on this a little bit, though? Apparently, there are cracks in the Earth's magnetic field right now that are like the size of California. Like, our magnetic field is not so stable right now. So whatever they're talking about may wait, be wait happening. Wait till the Milky Way lines up and the gravitational pull becomes extreme. Yeah. You just wait till that chocolate drops in the peanut butter and see who's still laughing. I don't think it's going to be an end of the world thing. And you know what? To me, the thing that makes me think the even the, the least of, amount of legitimacy to this is just that it would center on a single day. It's hard to imagine that galactic events would occur to the, on a scale that a one day would make a difference. I can understand saying over the course of a year things are going to happen, but it's not well, like the I, no. Well, I mean, I can see it happening a single day. I mean, I don't know about this. I don't. I mean, I can see it happening a single day. I don't know about I mean, this a, planet a alignment stuff. But yeah, like something day. like an asteroid collision or something could. That's right. Nibiru will happen in a single day. Boom. Because <laughs> you won't see a whole planet coming at you. Like driven by crazy lizard people, I have this picture in my head <laughs> of like a rogue planet full of lizard people just yeah, <laughs> just oh, here comes the Earth. This is gonna be awesome. Watch this driving speed. <laughs> yeah. What a ridiculous idea! If that that might be worth it, that might be worth that happening to be able to see have that be the last thing you see. I don't, I don't agree. What but. is? Yeah, I do not think so. Well, that's better than all the probing. I like the weirdos because they come up with the better stories, the alien probes and all that. These greys are pretty lame to me. But the lizard men seem like they got it going on. They're making babies with human ladies and they're taking over governments and Yeah, whatnot. they're pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, you got to get rectal probe. Get rectal probe by a lizard man. Well, see, lizard men don't play the rectal probe. They're all about the ladies. <laughs> They, they'd rather do their genetic testing in a more personal way. <laughs> exactly. I'm about you to go probe I, your girlfriend. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. While my friend Gray here cuts out your anus with a laser, he goes and cuts <laughs> up some cows. He's weird. He's a weird dude. I'm not going to lie. No scientific value to that at all. Conversation but, um, killer. <laughs> Well, what else did you read about this stuff? Because no, most, I think we, uh, most I think of what I understand the about it is, is the astro- astronomical. But there is like a – tell us about the prophecy. What What is it that they say? Well, I'm not seeing anything about a prophecy. That's what I find the most funny about this. Well, that's – you know, honestly, about, that's, what it, that's what's interesting to me about this is like, you know, from what I've read, it's all about astronomical movements and things like that. There, I, I have seen the no – prophecy yeah. about 2000. The rest is just a bunch of word of mouth brought about by wackos. The Mayans never said the world would end. They didn't bring up any specifics at all. And I think they just ran out of paper. You know, That's what I think. I think they just, you know, they well, ran to maybe, the end of their little, you know, seriously. That, you know? Like, we were talking about Mayans. They're, first of all, they're carving these things out of rock. You know, by the time they get to the 13th one, they're like, dude, 5,000 years is sufficient. We don't know what's going to happen. For all we know, the Earth's going to end after 5,000 years. Do we really need to make a 14th tablet? If I have to carve one more of these weird faces, man, I'm going to lose it. (laughs) 
I mean, I think I personally think that's what it is. I think if they had gotten further, had a chance to get further along, they would have eventually carved a fourteenth. You know, when yeah, they need their civilization it. ended, they're not yeah. the ones to ask. And that there's legitimately a possibility of that, it, but it is a weird coincidence that that particular date would line up so so well with this. Well, maybe, galactic but alignment. maybe that's not a coincidence. Maybe you know when they, like I said, maybe that's the big finish. They're like, ooh, galactic alignment. This is and the thirteenth Bakhtun. Man, it's not going to get any better than this. And no you know sequel. what else could have happened, or what they could have been thinking also is that you know by then. By the time we reach this thing, someone else is going to, society's going to come along that can, you know, pick up from there. I mean, we've, we've taken it out kind of far. Exactly. Surely after, someone else can After get, 13 Bakhtuns, somebody else can carve these things. We're in the year 2000 something by then. I mean, surely <laughs> I some, someone else can. Surely they, they'll have make their own better technology than to be carving rocks. They'll have like a machine that carves rocks for them. <laughs> exactly. Maybe the aliens will give them lasers to make things out of rocks. But that I haven't heard even even the stuff of Nostradamus. They just slapped together a bunch of random things he said, and I'm really thinking that Nostradamus is not credible on this one issue alone. Is like he seemed to talk a lot of doom and gloom. Like how many, you know, you talk as many apocalypses as he did. That's like people listening to this show after 500 years and going, "Man, they really called it when they said zombies." It's like we have an episode where we said it was robots. You know, we cover all the bases just like he does. But there's no yeah, that's continuity. That's why we're going to be remembered as pro- as prophets. Well, that's why you know, our job there is as prophets one thing, is to set the record straight. There is one thing that kind of freaks me out about the 2012 thing, and because uh, apparently Nostradamus predicted that a pope would die a certain number of years uh, before well, the end of the world, and that and that the, yeah. the next pope would be a like a not a powerful pope that would die, not you know not not hold the. the the papacy too long before he died. So, you know, if this Pope Benedict guy, he, if he dies, then, you know, it, it, it is a kind of, it is a little weird. I have to say. Yeah. That, but even in Nostradamus' time too, though, that, the, I bet you that the Pope's, the, the Pope is, is a lifetime appointment. So it's typical that they find somebody who's already kind of on in years because they don't want anyone holding the power too long. I bet that was true in his time, just like it is here. So it wasn't difficult to predict that a pope would die years before something important happening or that his successor would die after holding the office for not very long, you know? That's still not very specific. Well, no, I'm just Outside saying. Outside of Nostradamus, I, do, I think it's interesting I'm just that saying. the correlations people are drawing between <laughs> the, the biblical Christian Armageddon and this, which is, to me is ironic, is that they would supposedly, you know, disdain i would think this this pagan religion and yet they're they're adopting some of well, their dates and going we'll, well see you know because religious, folk, because religious folks are looking for anything that you know that would well because they want to get left out of the, you know, of the coming of christ this, this is what i like they about apocalypse behind. this well, that's funny <laughs> with kirk yeah they don't, they don't they certainly don't want to that that movie left behind oh yeah but what i think it's telling of is that, you know, that we become apocalypse junkies to the point that whenever an apocalypse comes along, everybody wants to slap their brand on it because they don't want to be the ones who said it wasn't happening if it is. And there seems to be no loss of credibility when you back an apocalypse and it doesn't happen. You know, why is that? 
This I, global I collapse brought to you by you. Christianity. That's <laughs> right. We you know, want your God to come back. So fascinated. <laughs> I Why think, are we so fascinated with apocalypse as a, as a people? Why is that? It makes no sense to me. I think popular culture has a lot to do with it. I think you know every civilization collapses, and our civilization is so information oriented and media related that we're more aware of that than any other civilization. One thing about this Nostradamus thing that was cracking me up, but making me sad at the same time, was that all of these guys, like there was this whole thing about how the Masons had carved secret messages onto cathedrals, and they would see like this nothing thing, like yep, this is talking about the galactic alignment. This is telling us exactly, you know, they they knew something was coming and they they hid the message because they they wanted, you know, they wanted someone to find it, you know, and then they didn't want just anybody. So they, they veiled it so that only the initiate would be the ones to know, like because it's so self-congratulatory on their part. They want to be special. They want to be even if you are the one who discovered the world is ending, you still want to be the one who did it. And that's worth the world ending to these people. To be the ones who said, I told you so. Well, actually, they I didn't say, I told you so, because is, the world would be over. Well, see, they think they're going to get one last gasp. <laughs> <laughs> or they think they're going to be one of the 144,000 or one of the ones who are going to be beamed up while they're been leaving their cars unmanned or whatever. You know, anybody, anybody who believes even if they believe they'll be saved, if they believe the end of the world is coming and they, they're happy about that, <laughs> they're an ass. Because <laughs> that's just not good for anybody. I'm, I, I'm here to tell you I don't believe this at all. I, I do believe in the idea of, of there being an, an astronomical event because, and that it coincides with the Mayan calendar because that's what they were in the business of predicting. But that it's going to be a disastrous or, or catastrophic event. I don't see – the minds didn't say that. I'm not seeing anything else that's saying that except the people that want it to be true. So I just I, – I would say at this point that it's not anything to worry about is my take we'll on this see. 2012 thing. <clears throat> we'll see when we get closer. We're still well, kind of I have out. to say it's not anything to be worried about anyway because if you sit around and worry about it, then you're nuts <laughs> because if you do, well, I mean, you're There's wasting time. There's not a damn it, thing right? you can do about it. So why, I mean, why do people sit around and fret about it or, or you know, I don't know. I stock up guns I or would whatever. suggest I mean, that they don't, that most of the people who are like myself, I enjoy the apocalypse stuff, but it's an abstract. <laughs> I don't think the world is ending. The world's been around a long time and so have human beings. I don't think that it'll happen. I'm not even convinced that's what, ha that the dinosaurs died due to a cataclysm. I, I don't know. Yeah, I it's, mean, they, in a geological uh, isn't sense, the theory we're assuming, that they actually evolved into birds? Isn't that the theory now? Yeah, or maybe you know, and we talked about this a little bit before that the 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 environment was so rich in carbon dioxide that it led to to super flora, which led to super fauna. I'm sure when the the environment shifted and it wasn't so carbon dioxide rich that those species started slowly dying off. You know, evolution is about it. Well, yeah. evolution is a matter of attrition. More than anything else, it's adaptation and attrition. Those that adapt to the new environment breed and prosper, and those that don't die out. So I don't understand why you have to believe that an asteroid or a rogue planet hit the Earth to get rid of the dinosaurs when we had millions of years unaccounted for that, that probably did the trick. And I think humanity will be the same way. You know, Eventually, the, the world will see the end of humanity. But, you know, hopefully we'll be – have evolved into something else. 
or contributed into something else. Or, you know, if the world doesn't support us anymore, hopefully we'll have been smart enough to have colonized other worlds by then. But either way, that's certainly not something for us to I'm worry looking about. looking forward to that. I'm hey, hoping that the, We might see the know, seeds the, of that in our lifetime. We well, might. I'm hoping that science will advance to the point where we will live forever, and I can see that. And, and that might happen. Get on it. Get on it, guys. Get on yeah, it. Yeah, really. Get off this 2012 nonsense. And, and then aging. we really can have like a 2,000 years of TV ate my dinner to discuss this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not make the negative argument. We were coming off yeah. so strong. They're like, like, oh, I was oh, going yeah. to do it, but not That really now. put things into perspective. A thousand years of that. <laughs> and now we see the danger, the danger of Ooh, our, yeah. our discoveries. What have we done? <laughs> You're listening to TV ate right, my then. dinner, episode number 5003. <laughs> I don't want to give you well it, it for, for Monday December 7th yeah. I hope they do make us immortal so we can get back into gaming <laughs> if I were immortal then I would definitely start playing D&D again that's what I fear I fear that immortality would lead to just an extended banal existence it's like awesome welcome to the world of limitless mediocrity well age would stop meaning anything wouldn't it like you'd dating a girl she's like five years younger than you oh my wife's 270 years younger than me well age would stop meaning something <laughs> because you you'd get to a point where everyone was you know physically the same age essentially because people wouldn't choose to grow into their 40s and 50s well and I'm hoping 80s. that when this happens I'll be able to regress back into like my 20s and I'm not going to be stuck in my 50s when this happens well, See, I would probably think what's what the, the concept like is about stopping is is about regenerating cells. So technically speaking, if they did develop it, then you could actually reverse aging, not just stop it, not just stop. Then it. I will be young and beautiful again, potentially, like I was in Paris. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. My, my a, ass was still pretty big when I was young too. Well, there's no surely. helping some of us. Yeah, really. Well, some of us will just be young again. <laughs> yeah. You can go back to wearing your vest. Some of you will just go back to being young. Some of us will go back to being beautiful. <laughs> All right. I'm tapped. I got nothing left yeah. to say about I, this. I feel good about this. I'm glad we covered this. I know you know, most of you have already heard this kind of stuff, but I but I feel like we owed it to to the people to give our take. It's a really interesting I've been subject, hearing a lot of people about this stuff. I, re I really recommend look for reptilian research and all this kind of craziness. There's a lot of the fun stuff. Certainly, wiki and YouTube, this kind of stuff, because it's a lot of fun. But don't don't let it bother you for for certain. Yeah, Especially but if most of the people bored, that are supporting you know, it want it to happen, if ever and you're sitting around looking for something to to look at, this is a really neat thing to to start looking at. It's, it's interesting. It's an interesting read. Is what we're getting. Yeah, at. and for you apocalypse junkies like us, you know, this is the next big one. So we'll cover this until it's over, and then I guarantee you this. This is my prophecy. This thing will be just off the heels of this damn thing. Before the next one comes along. Because there's always a next one. I mean, 2000 was the big, big one. And then the, the follow-up to that was, oh, wait, wait, mathematically, it'd actually be 2001. And that didn't happen either. Well, 2001 was, was significant in American history. Well, yeah, but not because it was 2001. It just I never bought the 2000 thing just because, just like you said, with the BC and BCE and all that, 2000 as a number, it just seemed too arbitrarily based on what we believe. Mm -hmm. You know, it's random. The yeah, Mayan calendar is somewhat credible is a, because it's is, built yeah, around these events. Right. It's actually astronomical, which is a cyclical, tra tra traceable thing. So, okay. But anyway, I'm done. Like I said. 
But yeah, it's neat stuff. If you get a chance, check that stuff out. And let us know what you think about this kind of stuff. Let's let's put our minds to trying to figure out what the next one is. Somebody break the books open and see this because this 2012 thing was brewing for a while. You know, there were people who were who were pro to 2012 before the 2000. Yeah, they're called Mayans. Duh. Yeah, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> people have been uh, talking about this of, since uh, like Mesoamerican days. Yeah. So, like you know, maybe maybe you heard I'm of him. You, His I'm, name is. I'm telling you, man, somewhere. Five or six hundred years ago, like some worker went up to the to the job foreman and like, "Hey, boss, we've carved thirteen of these things. You want to carve another one?" Ah, nah, I think we're done. Yeah, let's go get a you beer. Yeah. It's Miller time. That then, or you know, the, you know, budget's been cut. Yeah. We're gonna have to cut this whole calendar thing short. Just finish out the one you're on. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, December uh, 2012, that's where it's in. Okay, that's good enough. Really? Come on. <laughs> the good news is you're good done for carving work. those rocks. The bad news is it's time to jump into the pit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? Our entire civilization is about to end. <laughs> At our own hands right now. With the Mayans. Fun times. Crazy. All right. TVAMyDinner.com is the website check it out go to uh, feedback at TV ate my dinner if you want to write us and I know you do I'm sure y'all have some opinions y'all, y'all I bet, I bet they, <laughs> y'all. they get a kick out of us saying y'all that's crazy southerners you skies alright my name's Brooks I'm Sean and I'm Greg take it easy y'all party like it's 2012 Dog crazy. Dog crazy.